scary girl. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And I'm Mary Angela. Hey! And this, this is Dead Time Stories. Episode 96. 96. Ooh, 96. Yeah. So, I mean, first thing I'll say is... Happy Corona. Happy Corona. (laughs) Uh, We were so excited because we were pretty sure we were going to be able to announce this week the live episode of Dead Time Stories. But now with coronavirus and people not doing large gatherings or hanging out in bars and restaurants, as we would like to encourage you to do to protect those around you, if not just yourself. Mm -hmm. um, But that means that we are currently... Most likely postponing said live show. It's kind um, of in limbo. It's very much in limbo. Not kind of even. It is very much yeah, in limbo at this point. Super in limbo. But that was what we were planning. So we're still going to figure it out at this point. Um, but we, the show must go on. And we're trying to maintain a healthy three to six foot distance from one another as we record a guest episode with Mary Angela today. Yay! Yay. Mary Angela is a six-time... This is six. Episode six. (laughs) All right, Steve Martin. Um, And she's the Steve Martin to Christina's Alec Alec Baldwin Baldwin. of our Saturday Night Live. And what I love most about that is that both of them agree with who they were. Who we've, yeah, who we've (laughs) casted them as. Because when I was looking at that with Christina, Christina was like, oh, I'm definitely the Alec Baldwin of the two. And I was like, oh, are you? So then I made a little Photoshop picture where I put Mary Angela's face on Steve Martin and Christina's face on Alec Baldwin and Mary Angela's response was, ah, I'm so glad you made me Steve Martin. And so I'm really, just perfect. I'm really glad that they both agreed as to who they are in the rivalry and I love it. And you can see fire content like that if you subscribe to our Patreon, which gives you access to our Facebook exclusive page. That's only a dollar a month and with how much time you're going to be spending indoors over the next few weeks. And Colleen is a part of that group. There's never been a better time to subscribe to the Dead Time Story Patreon page. It's on fire. It's spreading <laughs> like the memes are spreading faster than Corona. I mean, get a girl. Um, now to say like uh, we are making jokes, but like it is, it is serious. super serious. <laughs> laugh um, through the pain. But I always like to point out that I made a joke about my mother dying as I left the hospital after my mother died. So that's kind of where my sense of humor. This is. show is also called Dead Time Stories. Stories. And if this is your first episode with us. I mean, welcome. Uh, Just be aware, this is the norm. Yeah, so we get together once a week or once every two weeks. Uh, but you still Give hear take, it once a knows? week. I mean, <laughs> we still release consistently. But we like to get together and we talk about ghost stories, true crime, paranormal, eerie, and just weird stuff. And I talked about uh, Philadelphia being hit by a pandemic, uh, pandemic like this um, in an episode a while back. I don't know which yeah, number I it was. I have to go back through all I my notes. talked about the Spanish flu that really fucked up Philadelphia in 1918. And they made the mistake of not canceling a big parade. And people went out and partied at that parade and they all spread the flu to each other. And it was really horrible. So we're hoping that coronavirus doesn't affect us like that. I'm trying to decide if this is the best or worst time to rewatch the Matt Damon 2011 film Contagion. Oh, my yeah, God. Maybe not. Yeah, I'm going to vote no on that. Um, Why not? But... We're all at home. But lately, like, it's weird because when this first started, that was what I thought of. And then the other day I Googled it because I was like, what year did that movie come out? And it was like the creators of Contagion knew coronavirus was coming. Oh my god! And gosh. I was like, jeez. Oh, <laughs> right. Never mind. Close the internet. Oh fuck. So so we're here. 
We're still telling our stories. If you're just starting, go back to the beginning because you have time to listen now. In good, exciting news, I just got a new baby. You did. I have a new baby. I'm a, it's not a human baby, but I am a. In case some of you were like, wait a minute. So I am now a cat mother of two. Aww. And um, if you want to know what being a cat mom of two looks like, I have a claw mark on my chest and another one on my throat. Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> oh, I have another one on my back as well. So how are things going with integrating They're her to the family? Really well. <laughs> we haven't really integrated them yet. Like we we have a separate room for church. That's the new girl, uh, our new little precious baby. And we've been keeping her in our like spare office room. And we haven't let them like really come in contact with each other. He, Xander, my, you know, my big boy, Xander smells her on us a lot because we go in there and play with her. And Is then he like, like pissed? He's, I mean, he's learning. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. With cats, like you can't just throw cats together. Like you have to very slowly introduce them to each other. Otherwise they will hate each other and it will last. Like they will never stop hating each other. So, um... We've left the door open like two or three inches and put like a doorstop. Not even like not big enough that he can even get his little head in. Yeah. But he'll stand at the door and like stare at her like a creep. And his <laughs> eyes are all huge. Like he wants to like maybe eat her. So like he's he, like, this is my house. But he's not getting like puffy. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. cats are really mad, like they like yeah, all their fur the stands, stands up. up. Yeah. Right. And he's not doing anything like that. He's just very like. What is she doing here? Like, what's going on? There's definitely another cat in this house. Like, I can kind of see her. I smell her. What's happening? Mm-hmm. But, you know. She's super cute. The she, pictures I've seen. She is super cute. She is the sweetest, gentlest little animal. And, like, <laughs> every... So, every cat, even the best cats, are, like, sometimes an asshole, right? And Xander, like, I love him, but sometimes he's an asshole. He's a cat. Um... And when cats want to get down, like some of them get really squirmy and Xander just kind of starts to, he lets you know, and like, he doesn't hurt you, but you can feel his claws. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And church, when she's ready to get down, she just kind of goes dead weight. <laughs> like She's, she's just, just kind of like, like uh, like I'm ready now. She's just kind of like leans away from you. Sure. You're like, all right, baby, I got it. I got it. I put you down. Um, but she's a, she's a special little girl. And she got kicked by a horse when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why her name is Church. She's named after the cat from Pet Cemetery. Because she came back from the dead. Because she came back from the dead. She grew up on a farm with other, with other cats. And the people we got her from who fostered her back to health um they have like a horse on this farm Mm -hmm. and when they found her they thought she was dead she was like half frozen and they took her to the vet and they paid for her surgeries and then they took her in and they cared for her for like a year and she's a little special (laughs) well like you would be if you got kicked 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 in the head and she's like sometimes her little tongue sticks out because she's missing some of her front teeth oh i know and she's just like she's the cutest like most adorable sweetest little girl and she's only like a year younger than xander so like they're roughly the same age which i like i didn't want like a kitten yeah so we call her a baby because she's a little special but she's (laughs) she is like so sweet and adorable and beautiful and i love her and she's perfect oh yay that's awesome so that's what i'm gonna be doing with my time uh quarantined inside from the coronavirus i'm gonna be you know sharing some love with my sweet new baby right what a perfect time to have a new addition it is actually it's the perfect time time to Mm -hmm. take care of a new animal yep i had what i had all of thursday off thursday was the first day i totally rearranged my bedroom 
So Val, I have a lot of projects that I'm excited to tackle. Val has four days off this week, and they're like, I am scrubbing the house from top to bottom. I'm cleaning everything, and I was like, splish. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Corona. (laughs) I'll just be spending my time, you know, sort of working from home, but also planning for my creative endeavors in the year ahead. Um, I've been tasked by uh, Laurel Hill Cemetery to come up with programming for Laurel Hill West. Uh, Some shows or some things that I can put together there. Um, Casa Buena is uh, attempting to produce the Pink Hulk here at the end of May, um, which will be really nice uh, to get the Pink Hulk, if you don't know what that is. Um, The Pink Hulk is Finding the Superhero Within. It's a one-woman show by Valerie David from New York City. It's having its off-Broadway debut, actually just did last week. Um, So I'm hoping to get her to come here, because that would be really great. And mean one less show I have to direct myself <laughs> and, right but um other than that yeah you know hunkering down in my house that we also just cleaned from top to bottom yesterday <laughs> i love it so yay all right then well sarah Without further ado yeah stephanie mary, mary angela, angela y'all, y'all ready to talk, talk about, about some ghosts? ghosts and we're talking about ghosts this week aren't we um we're going to talk about of. the ghost of American society. Ooh, girl. Possibly. Yeah. Um, the ghost of it. traffic on 76. There's no traffic. It's I know. Great. It was so it easy is. to get here. It's really yeah. great. <laughs> I'm like, I have to go into the office tomorrow, I think, but that's going to be like a 20-minute commute. Getting out of the city really sucked, but once I hit 76, yeah, it was nothing to get over here. It's so great. Uh, anyway, sorry. Go that's ahead, okay. Uh, so, yeah, no... I mean, could be ghosts, potentially. Um, what I want to talk about is disappearances, because Ooh. disappearances really, like, get my imagination going, because, I mean, disappearances. You don't know. Somebody disappeared. What the heck happened? Um, I love it. I feel like we've done a few disappearance I stories. Love, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a lot of disappearance stories. Oh, great. <laughs> so, so there's all my material for down. the next three months. Well, no. I'm just going to do it all in one day. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> Not, not quite. You, Let me you can, pull up my topic you page. You can still dig deeper. Um, <laughs> how old were you all when you first like got talked to by your parents about kids disappearing? Or did you just like sort of notice pictures on a milk carton and then ask a question or whatever? Do you guys remember how old you were? I just remember my mom always being like, don't fucking talk to strangers. <laughs> Let that me. That was it. I could give you an exact year. What? Because when did Jean Benet happen? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that was in the nineties. Yeah, so I would I would have been about like nine years old when that happened because I remember. Yeah, probably like five. Thinking, for me. I remember being old enough to think like, oh my god, she's a child. Like she's right. like younger than me, and like she's dead. Like we could have. Because she was born in 1990, so she was three years younger than me. So I remember thinking, like, I never realized, like, something terrible like that could happen to, like, a kid. So I was probably similar. I was probably maybe nine or ten years old. And we, at that time, I was a Navy brat. So we were moving around and living on bases. Particularly, my early childhood was on a Navy base. Mm -hmm. So, like, nobody on there is non-naval. Like, that's just how that is. So I think my mom felt pretty safe and also was a real worrisome child. Like I, you know, you could trouble me pretty easily. Like I could worry about some stuff. So I think she kind of kept it at bay because she was like, you're safe here. And also you don't need to be stressed out. So when I moved in with my dad in Northern Virginia, I was about 10 years old and I started noticing for the first time, cause we weren't getting commissary food anymore. Kids on milk cartons and it would be like missing and it would have like all this information. And now I'm old enough to read it. And I'm like, 
There's like a different kid on this milk carton. Like every time we go oh, and get a thing I get of milk, milk it's got a different right. kid on it. So I asked my dad and I was like, what's up with this? And my dad, not really recognizing how easy of a worrier I was, decided to be like blatantly honest, honest with me. Uh, somebody been taking these kids. Right. Which, like this is what they do with kids that are missing. We don't right. know what happened to them. When kids misbehave, they go missing <laughs> yeah. and they get put on milk cartons. <laughs> if they don't make their bed, um, milk carton. Yeah, no, my dad wasn't that smart because that, that would have actually gotten some stuff done in my house. No, my dad was more of the thought of like, we don't know and it's terrifying. They're being sold into like child labor. Oh, God. They're being like, you know, abducted and hurt. And like, this is why you should never talk to strangers, et cetera, so forth. And I was, yes, of course, terrified. And I was like, well, what are the odds of me being taken? Like, you know, I walk to school every day, but I was like, well, this is why you walk with somebody and you don't walk by yourself and like all this stuff. So like, I guess my worry was probably like, you know, maybe a year or two before that kind of calmed down. When I was a teenager, maybe like a tween ager, I was like 12, yeah, I was in seventh grade. Me and my friend were walking to school and we walked past a car that had a guy in it whose pants were down and he was totally like yanking it right in the middle of the day right on the street and we're 12 year olds so we laugh about it we're like oh my god (laughs) that's so embarrassing and we kind of run home hysterical about it where I tell my dad who immediately flips out and is like oh my god we're calling the police oh my god we're like and then then it kind of registered and my dad was like those are the kind of people that take kids like and uh, and then it was like oh my god like, i was how like could he take me three... one of his hands was busy right. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even he had his pants were down he, he didn't even, even have run. two free hands right. <laughs> like me and uh, t- up until that point me and my friend just thought it was like the most ridiculous thing like how sexually desperate is someone where they have to like yank it in a car in the middle of the day when also, kids are walking yeah, home from school middle of the day what do you shouldn't you be at work right what are you doing so most likely he was a child predator like the odds are pretty strong in the favor that like that was it and that was when i realized like i was like so close to like if I had been by myself would that have been different was it because there were two of us Mm -hmm. I mean not that Becky was gonna be much help she weighed like you know 70 pounds soaking wet like she was like the tiniest human being but you know either way I was just like holy cow so then I spent a lot of time reading up on like disappearances and not just like legit disappearances but then like because I like ghost stories sort of weird and unexplained disappearances because then you open up that world to like a lot of theories of like what yeah what exactly happened Um, and so that's kind of always been my fascination with disappearances a little bit on a shelf um, there I have realized that disappearances fall into like five basically potential categories of what exactly happened that made this person disappear. Um, And I think foul play, serial killers, and like human trafficking cover kind of a good chunk of like what possibly happened. Serial killer got you, person kidnapped you, whatever. Where do aliens fall into that ranking? So that's that's, that's category one. (laughs) Category two is your supernatural, your aliens, your like ultimate dimension uh, uh, alternate dimension like Twilight Zone. exactly like really really weird time stuff travel yeah. vortex to something who knows wormhole <laughs> that that category then there are acts of god nature and human idiocy which are things like, <laughs> like those like are all that, wrapped up together that's what we're in right now right? in the act of god nature and <laughs> human, human idiocy. idiocy all at the same time all that's wrapped up that's the person who's like you know that's hey the name of the i want to go 
you know, explore, you know, this hidden country that nobody's ever been to where there's probably aboriginals that might be hostile. But oh, you mean like that missionary who went and got shot to death by the people because they were like, we don't give a fuck about your God. He's like, you never met Jesus. And they were like, Like, don't plan to, sucker. (laughs) We heard as long as we don't hear about him, we're still getting into heaven. Get the fuck out. (laughs) He ain't invited. Right. So that takes up a lot of, you know, that could possibly be it. And then there's just the general category of like, you know, what the fuck? WTF. (laughs) Like, I don't understand what happened? Nothing makes sense. Nothing points to any, you know, conclusive evidence and nothing points against it. And you're just like, I don't know. That person just vanished into thin air. Um, so those are my categories. That's actually four categories God, if you really weird. put them all together. Um, and some of the people that I want to talk about today can be defined by this category. So I found some, like, unusual people that I think maybe you haven't heard about, maybe you don't know about, Um to tell you all about that disappeared and i'm gonna save him for later sorry should have put these in the order that i wanted no okay worries. so in the category of like human idiocy uh we can start with harold holt and harold holt was the prime minister of australia um the 17th to be exact and after serving quite a few positions in cabinet he became the leader of the liberal party and subsequently became the prime minister in 1966 so this guy was like fairly young fairly healthy like pretty you know decent dude doing his thing uh he liked to swim girl don't we oh, all he got eaten well, he got eaten by a shark on the big island girl he swam off into shark tom oh for sure yeah so um don't sharks just wait off the beach with their mouth open and they're like they'll come to me <laughs> ah. he, he had a swimming route that he did like every day or like every other day like a lot right so this was like typical for him this wasn't anything out of the ordinary and then um where's the actual Until it date was. yeah uh it doesn't actually give the date of when it happened but he went out for a swim and he didn't return <laughs> that's it um for sure And people started talking then about like, well, he also was taking pain medication for a shoulder injury. And, you know, he was a great swimmer, but, you know, maybe he got caught up in a rip current. And because he was on these pain meds, didn't have as much strength as he needed to, like, get out of the rip current. Maybe a shark came up right behind him and was like, lunch, and just Mm -hmm. took care of him. So, you know, it's strange that... He disappeared so suddenly, but there's also plausible, like, he probably, that's a little bit of humanity. See, I'm going to go swimming on pain medication and in a strong currented part of the ocean. In the ocean by myself without a buddy. But people in Australia to this day still use a phrase called doing a hairy halt, which is basically disappearing um, abruptly. Oh, it's well, like an Irish halt. goodbye. Yeah, I'm going yeah. I'm I'm to pull a hairy halt. <laughs> I'm going to be like, boop, gone out there. So that's Harry Holt. Um, the other one that you, I'm sure, probably have heard of is Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Like, so what do you guys know about Jimmy Hoffa? Like, what's what's the story, the legend that you kind of know? I honestly, I don't know what happened to him. I just know, like, a little bit about, like, helped make unions, but also was tied to the mafia. Like, didn't he and go, Jack, like, swim with the fishes? Jack Nicholson like... played him in a movie one time called Hoffa. <laughs> Yes. That's what I got. I think it's spelled H-O-F-F-A. That's as far as I've got. So he was definitely affiliated with mobsters. Okay. We don't know what happened to him. He was last seen going into an Italian restaurant. Oh, um, of course. Where, where, bad news. Right, he he ended up in that Italian food. Right. Where he was supposed to meet with some some definitely known mobsters about something. Um, And then, yeah, he was never seen from again. It took, that was in 1971. It took over 10 years to like officially declare him dead. 
And basically, there are lots of different theories within the mob or like, I guess, I don't call them rumors, of people who are just like, well, I know where he is. I know what's what's happening here, et cetera, so forth. Um, there was a place, hold on, that they actually took apart trying to find him. Oh, yeah. So they, they basically said there was a vacant lot about 20 miles from where he was last seen. And the source uh, claims that he... That was a temporary, supposed to be a temporary location, but his body was never moved. And then basically the site was built upon. So if he's there, he's legitimately he's like way down, down there. in there and we're never going to know because there's like a shopping mall on top of it or like something like that. And so like we don't know how how good that is. But there that falls in the, the foul play category. Okay. Um, another one that I found really interesting, which this one's pretty old, is Henry Hudson. So Henry Hudson was an explorer. And this is one that, like, this one makes me so mad because I'm just like, what did you people think was going to happen? Like, I get it. But anyway, he was an explorer in the Arctic, and he had a bunch of people on his boat with him, obviously, his crew. And they, it was hard. I mean, can you imagine being an explorer in, wait a second, I'll give you the year. It's like something crazy, like the 15 or 1600s. Of course, this article didn't put the years in it. But anyway, um, yeah. So... It's not great traveling by boat to begin with. Now put your boat in the Arctic and it's got to be awful. So his crew mutinied because they were like, dude, we've been out here we're like six months. Like, we're, it's cold. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're over this. We're going to taunt on you. We're going home. We're going home. And he was like, no, I'm not having it. We've still got like work to do. We've got like another two months out here or whatever. So they mutinied and they put him, his teenage son and six crew members who were loyal to him on a dinghy and then left them in the Arctic Ocean. And of course, they were never seen from again. Like, they never found the this, boat. You piece of shit. Right? They so dead. They and so dead. Got him. Got him. What's strange is that when they returned to like shore, or whatever, whatever port they were coming back from, they told them what they did. And then, of course, a search party went out and was like, "Well, we got to find their bodies. Like, obviously, they're dead, but like, let's find them." And that was the weird piece. Did they find the dinghy? Yeah, they couldn't find anything. Nothing, right. Nothing. So if it sank, then yep. they're at the bottom of the ocean. Ocean, right, frozen, exactly. So, but, you know, one of those things where I'm like, that's foul play on a whole nother level. Because I'm like, you jerks. Like, what did you think was going to happen? You were literally killing him. I know you're mad, you know, and you wanted to go home. But at that point, couldn't he have been like, okay, 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 let's go home? <laughs> like, Or couldn't you have tied him up? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, if you're going to put him on a boat, that just seems like cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> they were like... You want to explore the Arctic? Here, we're going to leave you in Go your own goddamn boat. Um, so do you know who Azaria Chamberlain is? I do not. You ever heard the term, the dingo ate my baby? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That's true, though, right? All right. So the uh, baby. they stole the baby. They, they did. So Azaria Chamberlain, um, most infamous missing persons case in Australian history. She's We're doing a, a lot of Australia stories, well, and I have to say I gonna... like that because <laughs> we have a fair amount of Australian listeners back down there. But we yeah. also have a fair amount of Australian listeners. Yeah, so nice. this one's for y'all. Okay. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> um, so, yes. Sorry your country's so full of deadly things. <laughs> things that can kill you. Uh, so Azaria Chamberlain um, made famous in 1980 uh, because her nine-week-old daughter disappeared while they were camping in the outback. And... She was actually, Linda, the mother, Linda Chamberlain, was actually tried and convicted for murdering her young infant daughter and was subsequently sentenced to life in prison. Isn't that awful? Like, you're already grieving the loss of your child, and then they think that you did it, and they sentence you. Yep. But then, after three years, they found a piece of the baby's clothing in a dingo's lair. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Zingo's did eat her baby. Completely by chance. The lair was located close to the campsite from which baby Azaria went missing from. Eventually, the mother's conviction, as well as charges against her husband Michael, were overturned two years later, and the charges were dropped. Nonetheless, it wasn't until 2012 that Azaria's death certificate was legally changed when a coroner issued an amendment back to the Chamberlain's initial claims that the baby girl had been taken from their tent by a dingo in the middle of the night and carried off. So the famous quote, though, is actually from a 1988 movie. Yeah, was she played by Meryl She was played by Meryl Streep. I knew that. And the phrase is actually a misquote because the line was, the dingo took my baby. Mm-hmm. People say the dingo ate, ate my baby. baby. Right. That's kind I of mean, what, that's what we all remember. I tomato, tomato in this situation. There is um, the band in Buffy the Vampire Slayer that Oz is in, that's Seth Green's character, mm-hmm. is called Dingo's Ate My Baby. That's the name of the band. I just, every time I hear about that story, I just think that's so awful. It is. Like, it's such a shitty circumstance for the parents. And then they're like, no, 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 no. You did it. We're going to sentence you. We're going to convict you. And in three years, we'll overturn it. And then what, were they just like, all right, get out. Sorry. Part of me me gets it because it's like, it's, do you know what I mean? Like, it's such an outrageous story. That you're like that's not. But that if the dingo like layer right. is that close to the campsite, shouldn't they have investigated that earlier? First, exactly. Right. Were they, they looking like, at every Let dingo me layer? Go ahead mm-hmm. and get rid of this plausible excuse that you have. There's a dingo layer nearby. You yeah. say it took your baby. I didn't find anything in there. But I think at that point there just hadn't been so many cases of dingoes taking babies you know what i mean like i I mean like dingo attacks right it just seemed very strange like i mean i i I get that piece but you're right about the fact that like you should be searching every dingo layer like like and also what was the random happenstance that happened three years later that that had them them come across it right look at this yeah this is actually people grieving the loss it's not like casey anthony like can we investigate this a little further please they didn't do it yeah i just feel like you're grieving and it's three years i feel real bad for that lady it did they did for sure and then how do they get they jobs after that? I don't know. So in a case of ironic disappearance, and I say ironic because I think I think karma had something to do with this disappearance, but um, we all know about Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, right? Mm-hmm. right? Shot each other in New Jersey. Um, shot at each other in New Jersey. Only one died. <laughs> um, and basically Aaron Burr was for lack of a better term, like dishonored. And so he left the country. He left the country for like 12 years, leaving his daughter in America married to a up-and-coming politician in Georgia because he wanted to protect her reputation and her like stance in society. And so after 12 years, he's finally like, cool, the dust is settled. I can show my face in America again. Nobody's going to really care. I'm kind of an old dude, so I'm coming back. And he decided to come back to America, to New York City. And his daughter at that time was married to the Georgia governor. And her name is Theodosia Burr Alston. And she decided to take a schooner from Atlanta up to New York to meet her father and have this like great reunion. And the schooner disappeared yeah, and did. was never seen from again. Never, no wreckage, no anything. There weren't Aww. any storms. They thought they might have gone through like a mild something could happen. Pirates is another theory. I'm also thinking, I don't know, like, I mean, miss navigation <laughs> like you just end, up, ends like, up somewhere else somewhere else that you didn't expect to and then you know if you misnavigate and you end up on like the coast of you know africa or something that's you know not inhabited you know or well inhabited you're probably not gonna live very long so yeah we don't know what happened to theodosia burr austin but you know that's sad interesting um another one that i actually found was pretty cool is oscar zeta acosta so 
This guy is a, a good name. Is a, he does. He's a controversial writer and activist, and he was best known for being friends with another controversial writer, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh. So he's the character Dr. Gonzo in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's based on this man, basically. Um, he disappeared while traveling in Mazalan, Mexico in 1974. His son, Marco, was probably the last person to have talked to him. And Marco says his father phoned him from Mazatlan saying that he was about to board a boat that was full of white snow. So we all know what that was. Some cocaine. Right. Marco further speculated that knowing his father and those who he was with, he probably got smart or mouthy with the people he was with. And then that resulted in a fight or a subsequent death and disappearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like most, they murdered him. Most ass. likely that is what could have happened. And they're both full of cocaine. Yeah. But also, according to Thompson, Acosta suffered from an amphetamine addiction, which would be why he was on a boat full of white snow. Yep. Uh, an addiction to, and uh, uh, I can't really call it an addiction, but he also really liked LSD. <laughs> so um, basically he was, you know, almost always a little bit out of his mind. Um, various beliefs about his disappearance include that he was either killed by drug dealers or that he was politically assassinated or that he overdosed and had a nervous breakdown, which is also distinctly possible. Hmm. And if you're on a boat with people and you start freaking out like that, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to push you overboard. overboard. Right? Because <laughs> you're going to be like, It was like a combination Bye. of all of the above. Yeah, That's I was what like, I'm I think thinking. it's all of them. Answer D, all of the above. Right, all of those. So no aliens involved. And then the last person I'm going to tell you about before I talk start talking about actual places that disappeared and we get spooky places. is I'm going to tell you this very sad story about Solomon Northrup. Do you know who he is? That sounds really familiar. It's Northup, sorry. Solomon he Northup. He was at Eastern State, wasn't he? No. Why, why do I know his name? That name sounds really familiar. I'll tell you why. He's, 10 years, he's 12 years a slave. That's who he is. That's mm. his mm. novel. Okay. And what's really crazy about it is that I don't know if you know the story. Have you guys seen the movie? You know, the, or read I know the, book? the story, but I didn't see the movie. Right. right. So he was very educated and he was a violinist or fiddle player, basically. And he was lured someplace for a gig and then kidnapped and mm, sold, sold into slavery, slavery, where he spent 12 years. And then through but the he help. He grew up like as a free black man. Yes. Mm-hmm. He had never been a slave. Yeah. And so he escaped and came back uh, to the North through, with the help of, um, it says who, it was a couple people that he met um, while enslaved. And um, it was really great that he came back. Of course, he didn't have a way of sort of making a living because slavery was still a thing and he knew people would be out for him. So he wrote this book, 12 Years a Slave, uh, and then started touring the country, the northern part of the country, giving lectures about this book. And in, what was the year? In 1857, he went to Canada to give a lecture to the people in Canada. I guess they were also interested in it. And he disappeared. And nobody knows what happened to him. And there's a couple theories that he got kidnapped again and was sent back to slavery. The reason why that doesn't make much sense is because of how old he was at that point. He wouldn't have been been particularly valuable. Um, It's also thought that maybe he was killed for his abolitionist beliefs, which I'm like, but he was in Canada where they didn't, you know, where they. (laughs) I mean, racist people are around. I guess travel across lines. I'm just like, gosh, that's, but it's the saddest story to me because I'm like, you survived 
all of that. that. You came back and still made a name for yourself and still managed to make a living and take care of yourself to then in Canada. Like, really? Like, are you kidding? Like, mm. it's uh, that one breaks my heart where I'm just like, I don't know. And it's that piece of non-closure. Like if there could just be a letter found somewhere or something. I mean, that's the thing with disappearances, right? Is that you, you don't get that closure piece. You don't get that, you know, definitive, like, this is what, happened. this is what happened. And so I can feel better about this or feel worse about this, whatever the case may be. Um, Oh, yeah. sorry. Before I talk about places, there are two, these are the two ladies that I wanted to talk about, um, who disappeared. And I feel like this is really relevant because of things that might be happening in our country. But first we'll talk about Dorothy Arnold and Dorothy I got my pages all turned around, uh, was a Manhattan heiress and socialite who disappeared in New York City on December 1910. She was 25 years old at the time. So she did some shopping that day and she went for lunch. And then shortly before two in the afternoon, um, that was the last time anybody ever saw her. Uh, she didn't come home for dinner and her parents became like kind of concerned. And so they contacted a family friend who tried to you know, do a little sleuthing on her own because they didn't want to like, get the word out and be like, oh, this is, you know, looks bad for the family or whatever. And uh, in the end, he was like, you got to call the police because something's up. So one of the prevailing rumors about what might have happened was that she died due to a, a botched abortion. Like there's some thought that she might yeah. have gone because basically Aww. she was supposed to meet a friend somewhere and told her friend she had an appointment first and then would meet her after and didn't show up after. And so back then, because, of course, they were illegal, if that happened, they were going to just like you were never going to be seen from again. Oh, yeah, like that for was sure. It just much, gets brushed under the rug. Yeah. What was going to happen? Um so basically, it said there was an abortion clinic that was raided by the police in 1916, and the doctor testified that Arnold had indeed died there from severe complications. But they're not sure if that was just something, because again, there's a lot of media sensation around it. it if he was like just kind of jumping on that to be like, well, there's all this, or if it, you know, really happened because her father adamantly denied those rumors, believing his daughter had been kidnapped and killed shortly after her disappearance. So. It's, yeah, really a little bit strange. Um, but there's a second woman, Jean Spangler, who was later. She was in 1949 in Los Angeles, and it was a similar situation. She had left a note for a friend of hers. Um, again, it was supposed to be, uh, they were supposed to have a meeting at a restaurant, and she left a note at that restaurant for her friend. But the note wasn't finished, which is why they thought maybe she was kidnapped. So the note had... Um, it was addressed to Kirk and it said, you know, she was going to Dr. Scott and then that that was the best thing to do while her mother was away. And then um, she was starting to, to write the rest of the like, I'll be, you know, whatever's going to happen after I'll meet you here or whatever. And that part of the note was like not finished. I'll and, be. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> and, right. So a lot of the theories are that she had been abducted. But of course, the other theories are that she did go to Dr. Scott who was a known illegal abortionist and didn't didn't make it mm. back out of that. And so that's where that's why it's real important to have access to services that you need because it would be real easy for us to go back to the type of world where you could go off for a doctor's appointment and then just not return and your family not know and not have any closure and all and that. And you've just been tied up in a basement under the care of an old woman. Right. 
for <laughs> who knows months exactly until you have to just give yourself an abortion and, and then, then watch the co- play about it but then they just stare at the ground because they're really uncomfortable and no one got a trigger warning so so now we'll go into a little more supernatural <laughs> stuff it's obviously a thing that happened <laughs> to sarah to yes. Us recently yes. not me i didn't go but the show is called keely and do it needed not familiar. a trigger warning. It did. I'm sorry about that. Um, okay, so now I wanted to talk about places. And these fall into the category of supernatural. Because if a whole place disappears, well, that can't be explained by a serial killer. That can't be explained by botched abortions. That can't be explained it's gotta be magic. by a lot of things. It's got to be something supernatural. Me and Val just finished season four of Lost last night. Oh. And Ben just moved the island. There you go. That's a so supernatural. maybe producers wrote these places away. <laughs> I'm, maybe, maybe that happened. Did. Maybe they did. This is during season four. It was the writer's strike. So like that season Things rough. got weird. Yeah. This season is real rough. It's only 12 episodes. Yep. Which is half of how many episodes the seasons normally were. That was really the death of that show. It was. We have three seasons left now. Good luck. <laughs> I just really want to finish and then watch Battlestar Galactica, which is way better. Oh, that's a good one. It is. Yeah, it's so much better. So tell me about the most famous place to disappear that I'm sure you know of, the, that you can think of. Lost well, Colony. I already there, talked about there it. There you go. Yep, exactly. I so see that, it right there. Yeah. Well, here's just a look at it. Oh, you <laughs> mean, I mean, but I mean, also Roanoke. We yes. talked about that early on. Yeah, exactly. We talked about that a long time ago. Right. Most famous place to disappear. And we all kind of figured that what they like folded in with the Indians or the Indians had, or the Native Americans had something to do with it. Right. Uh, so obviously that's the one that everybody knows about. So I thought, well, are there other like more modern and by modern, I mean in the last like 100 to 200 years uh, that have disappeared that I can like look up and be like, what the heck happened there? And guess what? There, there are, are. like full on cities. I know there's like towns. ships that have gone missing. Full towns. The whole places. So I the love it. first place is, um, sorry, I tried to highlight them so I could easily find the name of them. Um, Urkhammer in the state of Iowa. I think it's called Urkhammer. U-R-K-H-A-M-M-E-R, right? Urkhammer. Sure. Sure. In we'll go with that. Okay. If that's not right, it. email uh, us. It was a small rural town. Stay mad about it. In Iowa uh, until around 1928 when some aerial photos emerged and it appeared to show that there was just simply nobody living in the town. Oh, right. So you're like, like, a, like, were all the buildings gone or they were just no, they were deserted? There. there was just nobody just there. Like total, total ghost corn. town. Total ghost town. <laughs> so this guy is driving through and he stops to get gasoline, right? And, and he puts like, his, no gas, no phone, get out of here, go to Gatlin. Don't go to Gatlin. Go they're to Gatlin. real religious. They won't have anything there. He's not in the town. He's just outside the town. So he's like driving by, I can see the town in the distance. Here's a gas station. I guess at those times you put your money into the gas station and then the pump would work. I suppose that's how it was. Because that basically what he says is that he paid for the gas. And I'm like, obviously not with the person, but whatever. And then the goes to pump the gas and there's no gas. He doesn't get any gas. And so now he's mad because his money is in the machine. Right. So now he's going to go back to the town and find somebody there that he can complain to, get his money, whatever, what it's up with this gas station. (laughs) Find somebody to complain to. This is where things get really, really weird. He angrily headed back to town, but reported that he could not reach it as it seemed to forever remain in the distance, no matter how far he drove. Even when he ran out of gas and walked, he couldn't reach the town, which was still sitting there maddeningly just out of distance. So it's like he could see it and he kept going toward it, but he could never get to it. Like... At all. Like, it was really, really crazy. And then, of course, years later, other people started driving through the town and they began to report 
that, you know, it was abandoned, it was lifeless, um, but, you know, basically there was no sign of, you know, mass like a death or, or like, you know, any virus or anything like that. Um, really, Weird. really yeah. strange. Um, but there were a couple people who said they, like some, I guess, people from nearby towns or whatever, said that sometimes in the horizon you could see it and sometimes you couldn't. Whoa! Like it was just blipping in and out, which is really weird because like, what does that? Is that like an alternate universe? Is that like... It's just like Hominoptera. Portable, yeah. I just mean, like Hominoptera and the yeah, bunny. Yeah, it is. Don't go in there. Don't go there. Yeah, so there was a group fleeing through the area during the Dust Bowl of 1932, and they were going to the town to, uh, to retrieve supplies. And basically, what they had was that they couldn't... Um, is this the one where they couldn't... Yeah, they weren't able to get into any of the buildings. So they went into the town, they got there, and when they tried to actually enter the buildings, weird stuff would happen. Like, their hands would go through the door, but it wouldn't like wouldn't be tangible. They could see it and they could like reach through it, but they couldn't open it. Or they could put their hands on it and nothing could would open. And they're like, but there's no one here. Why is this locked? Windows, everything. It was like they could see stuff, but they couldn't get in to get to anything. And that was super, super weird. And ever since then they basically just like left the town to become overgrown and swallowed whole by decay. So nobody knows what happened to that town? My theory is aliens. That's the one that I'm That's talking up to aliens. so weird. I'm like, aliens just dropped down and we're like, hey, all you people. Whoop. Took you all away. Yeah, I don't know. It's just very strange. So then there's Ashley in the state of Kansas. And apparently, Ashley was a tiny farming community with about 700 people, uh, according to the United States uh, Geological Survey. So in uh, 1860, sorry, in August 16th, 1952, the area was rocked by a massive earthquake measuring 7.9 on the Richter scale. Okay, so it was kind of weird because it was really remote, right? So they were like having an earthquake like that seems a little bit strange, but okay, there it is. And basically when they went to go like check out the town afterwards, they reported that there was this giant fissure, like a crack in the earth mm -hmm. that was like open. Um, and they said it was really long. Uh, it was something crazy, 500 yards in width, basically. Uh, and when they were looking through the town, right, not only was this giant fissure, but there were no people left in the town. Everybody was gone. Big crack in the earth, no people. But their houses aren't, like, down on top of anybody. It's not mm -hmm. like, hey, there's rubble and I can dig yeah. through it. People are just gone and there's this giant opening in the earth. Then what's even weirder was when people went back later – I think it was like, you know, a month or two later, suddenly they couldn't find the fissure anymore. Like it wasn't there. So then it's like, okay, so that's not aliens. Is that like lizard people? Yeah. I was like, is that, is that like gnomes from the earth coming up and like swiping people away? Like what's going to happen? Um, but they did notice that there was a lot of strange phenomenon that had plagued the area before everyone had seemingly disappeared. So people from the town were started reporting that they were like seeing people that had been dead and their families, like being able to talk to them. The rapture was coming. People were telling them to like come with them, like join us. There was a That's phone was. call. They got raptured. They, they got, got the raptured. The town just got raptured. They got raptured from down below. That's they a fake did. rapture. It's a fake rapture. I mean. That's a rupture. No, no. Yeah. In, in August, just before the earthquake, in August 13th of 1952, there is a um, transcript that's in here from a call that was made to the police department by a woman who is basically begging for police help because her daughter 
is trying to to leave the house. She said the sky is red, so the sky was like as in his nighttime was bright and red. And her daughter was was saying, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go be with them, let's go join them. And she was trying to keep her daughter in the house. And the transcript has all of the sounds that you can hear, sort of in the background of the conversation. Um, with the police officer where he's like, you know, what is, what is happening? And, you know, trying to get more details. And she's just like, um, the daughter said something really creepy. It was like, it, it was like, like, yeah, let's, let's go be with them or let's, let's go join them. Point being is it was super creepy. And then a day later or two days later was when the earthquake was and everybody just disappeared. So it's like, was that, yeah. Was that a rapture? Was that lizard people? Was that like, who knows? But the town completely gone. Nobody, nobody in the town anymore, which is really strange. I don't like that one. I don't like that there's a phone call. Right. Where someone's just like, you know, saying what's happening. Um, the other one that I really liked was closer to us and it is in New Jersey. Oh, yay. You're right. This one is um, West. It's located in West Milford, New Jersey. And the town was actually called originally called the New City Complex, but then now people call it Demon's Alley, and it's in West Milford, New Jersey, along Route 23. The town was built by the city of Newark. Um, basically, it was supposed to house workers for the reservoir, and then sing- things seemed to be pretty normal for a while, but then in 1992, it was found out that the homes were suddenly and inexplicably abandoned with no sign of burglary and everything in order, all possessions left behind, what? and in some cases, even meals left out for people who would never come home to eat them. Whoa. So ever since, the legends have abounded, of course, because people are like, okay, so in the 80s, um, they, or this, one of the stories goes that in the eighties, there was a stranger who moved to town. Um, afterwards there were a lot of various unexplained phenomenon. And so it was suspected that he was like a cult leader. And so one of the theories is that he lured everybody from the town into mm. one like spot and killed them. But it's like, wouldn't you find that well, place, especially in the nineties? Like you couldn't, Anytime it's like they all went somewhere and then they all died. And I was like, but you would still find a big you would pile find of bodies. You would find something. Right, exactly. Uh, another theory is that it's the abandoned set of a movie. Like, so that a movie was going to film there. That kind of makes like sense. That. And that they built, but why would you leave food out? I mean, we've all worked on movies before. Was it before. real food? Do you? It doesn't yeah, we worked on it a movie meals. where you did two dinner scenes and it was the same plate of noodles, but the second plate had green beans in them. Right. So my thinking is, do you finish that movie and leave all the food out? <laughs> like I mean I don't know that one seems a little bit strange but then of course the other one was carbon monoxide poisoning possibly like a huge bout of that but again where are the bodies and then what if the town was just haunted and never existed to be and, yeah and, and it wasn't it wasn't a real place so. mind fuck right so those, alert. those are my my disappearance of people and places i like it and um yeah when i talk to you guys next we'll do a deep dive into um my four uh, most intriguing disappearances that that just are a complete like rabbit hole mind boggle of a situation i love it i just hit my stand goal how i've been sitting for an hour (laughs) (laughs) that's apple watch you guys I don't know. That's well, scary. And I have to go to a work meeting. And I just got a notice that said, as of 5 p.m. today, the city of Philadelphia will order all non-essential businesses shut down. And on Wednesday, we'll shut down all non-essential city services. Where'd you get that text from? Elena. 
Cool. Cool. I'll find out about my job. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to go to the store because there's things that I don't have that I need to get. I've been putting off. We've got a lot of meat at our house right now. Yeah, you do. You got a whole we bought an eighth of a cow, and I am really happy about it, to tell you the truth. <sighs> Stay safe, everyone. It's getting crazy yeah. out there. Well, this Thanks has for been coronavirus. This has been Corona. We'll keep bringing you the scary content on top of the scary real life. So, Mary Angela, I want to thank you so much for thank coming on Thank you so much, today. Mary Angela. And taking our mind off of uh, coronavirus for 45 minutes. Then we'll go back to it, and then we'll come back and do it again. And then we'll do another episode in a few hours that you'll hear. In next week, week. yeah <laughs> so thank you I'm guys gonna, thank you i'm gonna try and get a bath in that time in mary angel's lovely bathtub i brought a bath bomb i'm trying to relax today girl i gotta pee and then, right. yeah, and then sarah's gonna call All thank right. you so much for listening if thank you want to support our podcast the best way to do that of course is through patreon we have one dollar five dollar and fifteen dollar tiers and if you don't have the money you can also of course just leave us a five-star review on itunes and if you take a screenshot and email it to us at deadtimestories mm-hmm. at gmail.com all one word or you can send it to us in our direct messages on instagram and give us your address and we'll send you a sticker but yeah we're trying to wrap it up i'm stephanie i'm sarah and i'm mary angela and this has been dead time stories thank you for listening dead time stories is hosted by sarah heddens and stephanie c curnison music and editing by eric gershnow artwork by rennie slackman